0: From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm Siri Belusu. In 2018, some big-name asset management firms started converting from partnerships to corporations. That means they went from paying taxes at the partner level to paying taxes at the corporate level. The moves by firms like KKR, Ares Management, Apollo, and Carlyle Group followed Congress making a huge cut in the top corporate tax rate. The rate cut from 35 to 21 percent, was just part of the fund's decision, though. That change allowed them access to a larger investor base and simpler tax requirements. But converting isn't for everyone. Indeed, far from it. Jeremy Swan, a managing principal at accounting and advisory firm Cone Resnick in New York, has worked with clients examining their options. Jeremy tells us how those firms made their decisions and what the considerations are now for partnerships thinking about taking that leap.
1: Prior to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, for a C corp, you're looking at a 35% corporate tax rate, plus a you know potential 20% tax rate um, or long-term capital gains rate on the dividends paid to investors. And in addition to that, you had you know substantial um, layers of state taxation for each for each of those areas. When the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act came out. It reduced that corporate tax rate down to 21%. Um, so, really kind of taking that corporate tax rate closer to the pass through tax rate that the partnerships would be dealing with. So, when you look at the differences, you know, today they're at a straight, you know, high level uh, perspective. there, You can view it as there being minimal tax differences uh, from a financial perspective. Uh, But one of the advantages of the C-Corp structure versus the partnership structure, as I mentioned before, is as an investor in a C-Corp versus an investor in a partnership, you're looking at um, a real simplification of your tax um, needs.
0: What is it about partnerships that requires so much more onerous tax filing requirements?
1: Well, it's really when you look at a partnership and the filing requirements for a partnership. So the the partnership um, has to provide K-1s to each investor, each partner. So when you look at it um, from a private equity fund perspective, every investor in that fund um, at the end of the period needs to receive a K-1. And then the partner, you know, each of those partners then need to, you know, take that K-1 information into their individual returns, their corporate returns from the uh, institutional investor perspective, and then also understand all the states that the company that they've invested in is doing business in and manage the filing process for all of those states. So it's just a much more onerous process than dealing as an investor um, or part of a uh, corporation.
0: In terms of the considerations they were making when they decided to convert from publicly traded partnerships into C-Corps. Do you think that maybe easing that filing requirement for investors perhaps was part of that decision?
1: I think that was absolutely part of the decision-making process. There's one thing to keep in mind, and we're advising our clients this all the time, is when they're looking at whether it's the conversion from a partnership to a C-Corp or other structural changes to the organization, they have to look take into account you know, how does this affect you know, us as the manager, as the general partner? How does this affect our domestic limited partners? How does this affect our international limited partners uh, who are going to have you know, different tax needs and different tax consequences based on um, these needs? So the, you know when they look at you know, what does this entail for the investors in the fund? They, they certainly have to have to take into consideration, you know, does this make the filing requirements and the tax requirements of our investors and other stakeholders within the fund, does this make it more complicated? Does this make it um, a, a bit easier? And particularly for, you know, the Ares KKRs, Apollos of the world, the conversion to a C-Corp made that process easier for their investors.
0: In addition to lowering the corporate tax rate, what other incentives come with becoming a C corp post tax law?
1: So outside of the financial tax impact and outside of the the filing requirements, the 1099 versus the K ones that we discussed, when you look outside of that, there are a number of advantages that particularly the larger and you know and specifically the partnerships that were publicly traded. There's you know. The advantages they have is they now have you know they now have the ability to be included in indices. They have the ability to expand their shareholder base to a broader uh, constituent of shareholders. Yeah, you know, there were limitations that a number of institutional investors had on being able to invest in partnerships versus being able to invest in C corps. So really, what the conversion from the publicly traded partnership to the C corp structure was for you know, a lot of these large asset managers, this is the ability to access you know new larger shareholder bases. You know, really, ex- as they expand that shareholder base, you know, it's going to enhance liquidity, and you know, should theoretically be able to reduce some of the stock price volatility.
0: Were you getting questions from your clients about converting into C-Corps, you know, after like the big private equity firms shifted over, were a lot of people asking about it? Or is this something that's reserved for funds that are that big?
1: We definitely got questions um, almost right off the bat. You know, as soon as uh, Ares, which was, I believe, the first, followed soon after by KKR, and they moved down that path. And uh, there was a lot in the press about the potential benefits of converting from a partnership to a C corp, uh, we started getting the questions, and we actually, with the team, did a roadshow to a number of our private equity clients to really talk through this. And you know, where, where it comes out is that it's it's not a one size fit all. Um, there's there's no one right answer for you know the whole class of private equity. While it certainly made sense uh, for the formerly publicly traded partnerships, um, it's it's not going to make sense for every private equity investor out there.
0: What would you say are the main red flags or, or questions that funds should be asking before perhaps undertaking such a, I mean, it is a drastic conversion, right? It's a big process.
1: It, it's a big process. Um, you know, that said, when you look at converting from a partnership to a C-Corp, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, In terms of the, you know, how the business is incorporated, you know, there are costs involved. It's not overly difficult. I think the challenge becomes, while it's not difficult to manage the conversion, it becomes extremely difficult and extremely expensive to go back the other way and to get out of that. From a financial perspective, a lot of it's been predicated on the fact that we're at 20%, 21% corporate tax rate and that that doesn't change. Now, when you look at the analysis, you know, and you look at you know what's going on in D.C. We're going to, or will we have a new administration in the White House post November? What's Congress going to look like after the next election? You know, I can't say with any certainty. And I don't think anyone can that there won't be a an increase in the corporate tax rate over the next you know four, eight, twelve years. So that certainly needs to be taken into consideration, and then on top of that, it needs to be. You need to think about, you know, what's the treatment of carried interest going to be? Um, you know, end of this year, end of next year. There, there are discussions going on in DC right now um, around some changes to how carried interest is treated. You know, after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act uh, went into effect, the you know there was now there's now a three year holding period to you know get the capital gains treatment um, on your carry. Uh, now that's not to say that, you know, that that won't continue, but they may, you know, raise the rates on that or there's been a a real battle going on in DC for years now to treat carried interest as ordinary income. And if that changes, that that can change the calculus in thinking through the decision.
0: What is the uncertainty of the 2020 election bringing to the table? Um, in terms of the possibility of increasing the corporate tax rate,
1: that's a great question, and it's something that we have been talking to our clients about. So, if we were to say that you know, Ares, KKR, Apollo, the larger asset managers, that uh, they made their decision to convert to a corp, you know, fully based on the financial tax impact and their tax liability, um, we have some real concerns there because we just, we frankly, we just don't know what's going to happen um, in the elections this year, you know, both in terms of the administration, in terms of Congress, it's, you know, it's one thing to look at it and say, you know, there's an advantage to be a C corp because you've gone from a 35% corporate tax rate to 21%. But frankly, we just don't know if that 21% is going to be, you know, the tax rate for, you know, next year, the year after, there's a, there's the possibility that that 21% goes to uh, a higher number which then makes the financial impact of a or the financial benefit of a conversion from a partnership to a C corp um, you know, much less attractive. And then, in addition to that, with a, potentially a new administration coming in, potential changes to Congress. You know, right now there's already discussion underway, and we're expecting some guidance shortly in terms of the treatment of carried interest. You know, we've already seen a three-year hold period put on. Um, carried interest to get the beneficial capital gains treatment, um, the question is, you know, is there enough um, incentive to, for Congress to move forward and try to push uh, the carried interest treatment uh, up to the ordinary income levels, which has been in discussions for a number of years now? So, when you look at the 2020 election, there are a number of potential implications to you know, whether it could be advantageous to you know, convert from a partnership to a C corp. Um, and I think we'll be, you know, after November, I think we'll have some pretty good indications as to you know, whether some of the, the benefits that may be there today completely fall away or not.
0: That's all for this week's episode. For more tax and accounting news, visit news.bloombergtax.com. From Washington, I'm Siri Belusu. Thanks for listening. Cases and Controversies
1: is all about the Supreme Court. Oh, come on. You know, come on. Well, I agree with you. Be serious. We sit down with leading practitioners and scholars to break down these cases. I mean, I'm
0: glad you brought
1: that up, so I didn't have to. Oh, I understand that. That is interesting. I guess my imagination is running wild. (laughs) Wow. Just <laughs> Tune in every week for our deep dive and sneak peek episodes wherever you get your podcasts. As always, check out the latest at news.bloomberglaw.com <laughs>